Hello, and welcome back to Bible Beginning to End. I'm sorry that I haven't released an episode in a little while. I got very busy with the holidays and with work, so it took me a little while to get back into Leviticus, but we are back, and we're going to keep going, and hopefully you're still with me on this journey. So let's recall what we did last time. We went through Leviticus 1-7, to which was all about the offering system. We talked about sin. We talked about how people atoned for sin in the Old Testament. We compared that to how we handle sin now, knowing that Jesus has come and become the ultimate sacrifice for sin. Now we're transitioning into the institution of the priesthood. And priests were very instrumental in the whole process of the offering system. And they had very specific regulations for priests and very specific things that they had to do and wear. And that is what we're going to be talking about today with the institution of the priesthood. And as always, I'll be offering some commentary, some questions to think about along the way. You can pause whenever you want to really think about answers to these questions And hopefully, God will be speaking to you through his words. And before we get started, I just want to remind you that you can always reach out at BibleBeginningToEnd at gmail.com if you want to share your experiences with the podcast. I've heard from a couple of people, and it's really been wonderful to receive your letters and words about how this podcast is helping you interact with the scriptures and become closer to God. We also have a website and a Twitter, and if you're someone who goes on Reddit, we have a subreddit where you can discuss each episode in the scriptures we talked about. If you're interested in any of those things or ways to support the show, all of that information will be in the description. And I just appreciate anyone, even if you don't reach out or say anything or interact anywhere else, but just listening, it really does mean a lot to me that there are people out there listening and growing in the word and that God is doing work through his scripture as it should be. Leviticus 8, Ordination of Priests. Then the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron and his sons along with their sacred garments, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams, and the basket of bread made without yeast. And call the entire community of Israel together at the entrance of the tabernacle. So Moses followed the Lord's instructions, and the whole community assembled at the tabernacle entrance. Moses announced to them, This is what the Lord has commanded us to do. Then he presented Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. He put the official tunic on Aaron and tied the sash around his waist. He dressed him in the robe, placed the ephod on him, and attached the ephod securely with its decorative sash. Then Moses placed the chess piece on Aaron and put the urim and the thummim inside it. He placed the turban on Aaron's head and attached the gold medallion, the badge of holiness, to the front of the turban, just as the Lord had commanded him. So pause there as we're starting to see the process of ordaining priests. I want to highlight a couple of key things from this section. It starts off by saying, in verse 4, Moses followed the Lord's instructions. 
What does that tell us about Moses? What does that tell us about following God's instructions and how important that is? And then also think back, what was the first thing that Moses did to the priests? It's in verse 6, and it says that he washed them with water. What does water symbolize? Why do you think they have to go through this act of washing first before they can be ordained and even before they can begin to wear the priestly garments? And then the last thing I want you to remember is back in Exodus, do you remember when they were making all of the clothes for the priests and all these pieces that they had to wear and the effort and the time and the people who went into making these clothes? Okay, moving on to verse 10. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it, making them holy. He sprinkled the oil on the altar seven times, anointing it and all its utensils, as well as the wash basin and its stand, making them holy. Then he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head, anointing him and making him holy for his work. Next, Moses presented Aaron's sons. He clothed them in their tunics, tied their sashes around them, and put their special head coverings on them, just as the Lord had commanded him. So pause there and think about the significance of the oil and of making things holy. Why did they have to go through this process? What does that mean to make something holy? And then again we hear those words, just as the Lord had commanded him. How are we seeing Moses' commitment to God? Verse 14, Then Moses presented the bull for the sin offering. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the bull's head, and Moses slaughtered it. Moses took some of the blood, and with his finger, he put it on the four horns of the altar to purify it. He poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar, Through this process, he made the altar holy by purifying it. Then Moses took all the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys and the fat around them, and he burned it all on the altar. He took the rest of the bull, including its hide, meat, and dung, and burned it on the fire outside the camp, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses presented the ram for burnt offering. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the ram's head, and Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took the ram's blood and splattered it against all sides of the altar. Then he cut the ram into pieces, and he burned the head, some of its pieces, and the fat on the altar. After washing the internal organs and the legs with water, Moses burned the entire ram on the altar as a burnt offering. It was a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses presented the other ram, which was the ram of ordination. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the ram's head, and Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took some of its blood and applied it to the lobe of Aaron's right ear, the thumb of his right hand, and the big toe of his right foot. 
Next, Moses presented Aaron's sons and applied some of the blood to the lobes of their right ears, the thumbs of their right hands, and the big toes of their right feet. He then splattered the rest of the blood against all the sides of the altar. Next, Moses took the fat, including the fat of the broad tail, the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat around them, along with the right thigh. On top of these, he placed a thin cake of bread made without yeast, a cake of bread mixed with olive oil, and a wafer spread with olive oil. All these were taken from the basket of bread made without yeast that was placed in the Lord's presence. So pause there and remember, what did we say about yeast before? What does yeast symbolize? Why is it important that bread be made without yeast for these purposes? Verse 27. He put all these in the hands of Aaron and his sons, and he lifted these gifts as a special offering to the Lord. Moses then took all the offerings back from them and burned them on the altar on top of the burnt offering. This was the ordination offering. It was a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord. Then Moses took the breast and lifted it up as a special offering to the Lord. This was Moses' portion of the ram of ordination, just as the Lord had commanded him. So pause there. What kind of process did Moses just walk through? We saw sacrifices and offerings. We've talked about these sacrifices and offerings before, so what are the types of offerings Moses is presenting to the Lord in these passages? Verse 30. Next, Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood that was on the altar, and he sprinkled them on Aaron and his garments, and on his sons and their garments. In this way, he made Aaron and his sons and their garments holy. So pause there. Why do you think this process is starting and ending with a form of anointing? How is the first anointing different from the final anointing? Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Boil the remaining meat of the offerings at the tabernacle entrance and eat it there along with the bread that is in the basket of offerings for the ordination, just as I commanded when I said, Aaron and his sons will eat it. Any meat or bread that is left over must be burned up. You must not leave the tabernacle entrance for seven days, for that is when the ordination ceremony will be complete. Everything we have done today was commanded by the Lord in order to purify you, making you right with him. Now stay at the entrance of the tabernacle day and night for seven days and do everything the Lord requires. If you fail to do this, you will die, for this is what the Lord has commanded. So Aaron and his sons did everything the Lord had commanded through Moses. So pause there at the end of chapter 8. We have that phrase again, did everything the Lord had commanded, but this time, who is following God's instructions? I also want you to think about, if you belong to a church, what type of processes do the pastors or priests or fathers or preachers go through to become ordained? If you know about those processes, compare and contrast them with the way the priests had to be ordained in Leviticus. And if you don't know much about the process, or if you don't belong to a church, 
do some research and ask someone in your community and kind of find out. It might be interesting to see how these processes have changed. Okay, so we're going into Leviticus 9. The priests have been ordained. They've gone through all this long process of creating the clothes, creating the tabernacle, creating all this preparation so that the priests could be ordained. And now the priests begin their work. Remember, they had to stay in the tabernacle for seven days, so this is going to be on the eighth day. Leviticus 9. After the ordination ceremony on the eighth day, Moses called together Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, Take a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, both without defects, and present them to the Lord. Then tell the Israelites, Take a male goat for a sin offering and take a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defects, for a burnt offering. Also take a bull and a ram for a peace offering and flour moistened with olive oil for a grain offering. Present all these offerings to the Lord because the Lord will appear to you today. So pause there. We talked about all these different offerings and what they mean and why they're necessary. So you can take a look back and see the history of those. But then I also want you to think about Right at the end, it says, present all these offerings to the Lord because the Lord will appear to you today. Think about how you would feel and what you would do and how your behavior might change if someone came to you and said, do these things because God himself is appearing to you today. Now, of course, when Jesus came and ascended into heaven, he left a piece of God with us in the Holy Spirit. So we really do have a very different relationship with God than they did back in the time of Leviticus. So how might they feel when they say the Lord will appear to you today? Do some self-reflection. Is that something that we kind of take for granted today because the Lord is always with us? But just be reminded of how holy that presence is. Verse 5 So the people presented all these things at the entrance of the tabernacle, just as Moses had commanded. Then the whole community came forward and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, Come to the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering to purify yourself and the people. Then present the offerings of the people to purify them, making them right with the Lord, just as he has commanded. So Aaron went to the altar and slaughtered the calf as a sin offering for himself. His sons brought him the blood and he dipped his finger in it and put it on the horns of the altar. He poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he burned on the altar the fat, the kidneys, and the long lobe of the liver from the sin offering, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The meat and the hide, however, he burned outside the camp. Next, Aaron slaughtered the animal for the burnt offering. His sons brought him the blood, and he splattered it against all sides of the altar. Then they handed him each a piece of burnt offering, including the head, and he burned them on the altar. Then he washed the internal organs and the legs and burned them on the altar along with the rest of the burnt offering. Next, Aaron presented the offerings for the people. He slaughtered the people's goat and presented it as an offering for their sin, just as he had first done with the offering for his own sin. 
So pause there. Why does Aaron have to present an offering for his own sin first before he can present the offering for the people's sins? Verse 16, then he presented the burnt offering and sacrificed it in the prescribed way. He also presented the grain offering, burning a handful of the flour mixture on the altar in addition to the regular burnt offering for the morning. Then Aaron slaughtered the bull and the ram for the people's peace offering. His sons brought him the blood and he splattered it against all sides of the altar. Then he took the fat of the bull and the ram the fat of the broad tail and from around the internal organs, along with the kidneys and the long lobes of the livers. He placed these fat portions on top of the breasts of these animals and burned them on the altar. Aaron lifted up the breasts and right thighs as a special offering to the Lord, just as Moses had commanded. After that, Aaron raised his hands toward the people and blessed them. Then after presenting the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offering, He stepped down from the altar. Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle, and when they came back out, they blessed the people again, and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Pause there and predict what do you think God's presence is going to look like. Verse 24. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell face down on the ground. So pause there where we get a picture of what it was like to be in the presence of God at that time. How were the Israelites moved? What was their reaction? What do you think it would have been like to be there and witness that? And think about all the steps they had to take before they could be in the presence of God. So now we will begin our final chapter for today, Leviticus 10, the sin of Nadab and Abihu. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire different than he had commanded. So fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died there before the Lord. So pause right there. What is the difference between what we've heard about how Moses and Aaron respond to the Lord versus how Nadab and Abihu have responded to the Lord? Did they do what the Lord commanded or did they do what they wanted to do? Verse 3, Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all people. And Aaron was silent. Pause there. Why do you think Aaron was silent after Moses spoke? And how do you interpret Moses' response. Does God keep his promises? Is God just? And if we know that God is just and keeps his promises, 
Does that mean that sometimes there are consequences for our actions? These are questions to think about. Verse 4. Then Moses called for Mishael and Elzaphan, Aaron's cousins, the sons of Aaron's uncle, Aziel. He said to them, Come forward and carry away the bodies of your relatives from in front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. So they came forward and picked them up by their garments and carried them out of the camp, just as Moses had commanded. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not show grief by leaving your hair uncombed or by tearing your clothes. If you do, you will die. And the Lord's anger will strike the whole community of Israel. However, the rest of the Israelites, your relatives, may mourn because of the Lord's fiery destruction of Nadab and Abihu. But you must not leave the entrance of the tabernacle, or you will die, for you have been anointed with the Lord's anointing oil. So they did as Moses commanded. So pause there and ask yourself, why do Aaron and the other priests have to respond differently to Nadab and Abihu's death? Are priests held to a higher standard? In God's eyes, in the eyes of the people? And if they are, why do you think that is? We're going to talk a little bit about how the priests are supposed to act in this next section, Instructions for Priestly Conduct. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You and your descendants must never drink wine or any other alcoholic drink before going into the tabernacle. If you do, you will die. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. You must distinguish between what is sacred and what is common, between what is ceremonially unclean and what is clean, and you must teach the Israelites all the decrees that the Lord has given them through Moses. Then Moses said to Aaron and his remaining sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, Take what is left of the grain offering after a portion has been presented as a special gift to the Lord and eat it beside the altar. Make sure it contains no yeast, for it is most holy. You must eat it in a sacred place, for it has been given to you and your descendants as a portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. These are the commands I have been given. But the breast and thigh that were lifted up as a special offering may be eaten in any place that is ceremonially clean. These parts have been given to you and your descendants as your portion of the peace offerings presented by the people of Israel. You must lift up the thigh and breast as a special offering to the Lord, along with the fat of the special gifts. These parts will belong to you and your descendants as your permanent right, just as the Lord has commanded. Moses then asked them what had happened to the goat of the sin offering. When he discovered it had been burned up, he became very angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's remaining sons. Why didn't you eat the sin offering in the sacred area, he demanded. It is a holy offering. The Lord has given it to you to remove the guilt of the community and to purify the people, making them right with the Lord. Since the animal's blood was not brought into the holy place, you should have eaten the meat in the sacred area as I ordered you. So pause there. Why do you think Moses was so upset that they didn't follow his orders? 
Verse 19, Then Aaron answered Moses, Today my sons presented both their sin offering and their burnt offering to the Lord, and yet this tragedy has happened to me. If I had eaten the people's sin offering on such a tragic day as this, would the Lord have been pleased? And when Moses heard this, he was satisfied. So pause and think about Aaron's response right there. Why do you think Moses was satisfied with Aaron's response? Why was it okay for Eleazar and Ithmar to do what they did? And that's where we're going to stop today as we read the section on the institution of the priesthood. So reflect on all the things you learned about the priests, what they had to do, how seriously God took these commandments, and take that information into the next section we're going to read next time called Regulations Pertaining to Purity. These are a lot of regulations and we're seeing it all at work. This is a very different time than we live in now. So always be asking yourself, why is it important for us to know this? Why is it important for us to go back and know the history of our people? And to see how God carefully and meticulously designed the structure of his society. I'm so glad you joined me today to listen, and I'm hoping that the Spirit is speaking through God's Word and that you're able to get something out of today's reading. As I said at the beginning, there are many ways to connect with the show through Twitter and email and Reddit, and you can find all that information below. And I just thank you all for being listeners and for desiring to learn more about God's Word. And I will talk to you in the next one.